Mel Kuyper Jr. talks Raiders quarterbacks plus hear from the man that played Al Davis on the CBS Sports Al Davis tribute before Super Bowl 58. That plus a whole lot more comes up on Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for February 15th, 2024. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. And welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. To get the latest edition of the show, soon it becomes available. As always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, thank you. We definitely appreciate the support. The show continues to grow each and every day, and that's because of you and because of my man Ari. Ari does a great job each and every day making sure we're on YouTube and we're looking good, uh, sounding good, as a matter of fact, as well. Check him out on Twitter at Ari Produces. You can hit me up as well at your boy Q254. And we got the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. A lot of feedback we're going to try to get to in segment number three, your calls and texts about AP on the Pivot Podcast, Raiders in their quarterback situation, and a whole lot more. That comes up in segment number three of today's show. Segment number two, Tony Wolf. He's an actor that played Al Davis in the CBS Sports Al Davis tribute that aired before Super Bowl 58, something that we talked about each and every day here on the podcast. I had him on my uh, radio show. He was a guest on my radio show on Wednesday, and he was fantastic. Even gave us a little bit of a sound to Al Davis at the end of the interview. you got to hear it. Great stuff. Can't wait to bring it to you. That's coming up in segment number two of today's show here in segment number one. News and notes of the day, as I always do. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about the title sponsor, which is Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use promo code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. I'll tell you a lot more about them later on in the show. I do want to give a big shout-out to all the folks in Kansas City. I know that we have plenty of Raider fans there representing Kansas City as well, but the Chiefs were having their their uh, celebration for Super Bowl 58. They were having their parade, and, of course, um, gun violence broke out, and there was a senseless shooting there, and you know, one person lost their life, and 22 people were injured, and like 11 to 12 people were kids or in the hospital. Just senseless, senseless, and more senseless violence that does not need to happen. This is not a political conversation. This is not a gun control conversation. This is a people control conversation, and we've got to do better. And unfortunately, we, we come to the conversation, we come to the table with this conversation all the time. We have become numb to it. When I found out about the mass shooting there in Kansas City, did it surprise me at all? No, and that's a problem. That's the biggest problem that it didn't surprise me, and I'm sure it didn't catch anybody off guard when it uh, when they found out about it. Because again, it happens far too often. We just had it happen not too long ago here in Las Vegas at UNLV, and it's just sickening to my stomach to know that people can't even go out and celebrate a Super Bowl victory without having to worry about gun violence. But here we are. The Raiders did release a statement on the Kansas City shooting. They said the Raiders. Thoughts are with the Kansas City Chiefs and their fans following the senseless violence on today's parade. We extend our deepest condolences to all that are affected by this tragedy. Again, it's just something that the Raiders put out on Twitter and a lot of teams across the NFL put that out as well. And really, there's nothing else I could say about it. Uh, it sucks. I hate it. It's senseless. But here we are. So uh, that happened on uh, on Wednesday and really put a damper on what was to be a really good day in Kansas City as all Chiefs fans were celebrating their victory Super Bowl 
58. For everyone who knows me and has been listening to me for a long time, and especially around draft season, I always like to start talking about the draft, start talking about potential draft picks, love to do the mock draft conversation, and love to hear from guys like Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network, a guy I really respect, and also love to hear from Mel Kuyper Jr. from ESPN. Also, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know I say Mel Kuyper Jr. And for some reason, people get mad. I don't know what that is, but people get mad. I'm sure someone's going to get mad that I just said that right now. But it, it is what it is. It's not a disrespect. It's actually, it's funny. Now that I work for ESPN, I've been telling everybody I want to do a show with Mel. Like, that's one of my goals to do a show. Well, last Saturday, before Super Bowl 58, they knew, the people at ESPN knew that I wanted to hop on with Mel. And Mel and Dari, Dari and Mel, they do a show Saturday morning. They actually wanted to have someone that was in Las Vegas to talk about Super Bowl 58. And then they were told, oh, by the way, Q wants to do a show with Mel really bad. Like, that's one of his main goals that he has. And they thought that, well, that the guy was making it up. The producer was making it up. Well, of course, he wasn't making it up because that is truth. So here I want you to hear just a couple minutes of the conversation I had with Dari and Mel Kuyper on uh, on ESPN Saturday morning before Super Bowl 58. Luckily, I was just able to get this audio on Wednesday. They sent it over to me because I wanted to go ahead and pass it along. Mel asked me about the quarterback position. I throw it back in him, and he gives me what he believes is the answer or potential answer for the Raiders at the quarterback position. So check it out. This is from Saturday before Super Bowl 58. As we bring in from Vegas, Vegas guy Q Myers, kind enough to join us. Of course, that town, is, uh, I would imagine, is, is, is pretty wild here on the eve of Super Bowl 58. But, but Q, that's not why you're here. Okay. It has, well, I mean, it is partially. But it has also been told to me that you have this lifelong ambition of working with the great Mel Kuyper Jr. Is this true? Oh, that's 100% facts. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Mel's been a guy that I've respected for a very, very long time. So one of my goals on my whiteboard, my imaginary whiteboard that I've always had is I've got to do a show. I've got to do a segment. I've got to just talk shop with Mel Kuyper Jr. And it's funny. I, uh, I Every time I say his name, I, I have a lot of fun and I say Mel Kuyper Jr. And people get mad at me and they think I'm trying to be disrespectful. I'm like, no, that's just how much respect I got. I just like to have fun. That's all. <laughs> Do we have Mel? Now, this is, see, this is a bad day because Mel keeps dropping off. Mel, are you with us? Of course. See, right? He, he does. <laughs> he just keeps dropping off. We got technical issues, so our guys are going to work on getting Mel back so you and Mel can have your conversation. In the meantime, you're stuck with me. Does that mean you're trying to take my job, though, of hosting a weekly radio show with Mel? That would be my concern, Q. No, no, no. Okay, I just want to have him on as a, maybe on a segment as a guest on, on game night on ESPN Radio since we do that. And it's almost that time of year, right? It's almost draft season. Yeah, we'll be yeah, talking yeah. about the offseason come Monday. So I'm just excited about the opportunity. I hear you, man. Mel, I think we got you. We got you back, Mel, man. Well, yeah, I'm, I am here with you and Q. Yeah. Oh, good. Now you're, you're on the, uh, you're on the uh, call in line there. All right. All right. You, what do you got for Q out in Vegas, Mel, man? I'll tell you what I want to know. You're going to talk Super Bowl, Q. I want to know what the Raiders are going to do a quarterback. Can you help me out with pick 13 in the NFL draft, Q? Yeah, I actually was going to ask you the same thing. Is, is there <laughs> How much is it going to cost to move up from 13 to be in the same range to be able to get a Jaden Daniels? Because I think that that would be the guy. I think he has that relationship. Actually, I know he has that relationship with Antonio Pierce already. Uh, yeah. like, I'm sure that AP would love to coach him up. But 13-3 to three or 13-2, to two, I know it's going to cost a lot. 
and it will be a problem because the teams at two and three need a quarterback like Jaden Daniels. So that's the issue. My thing would be is a JJ McCarthy going to be in the mix, okay. the quarterback from Michigan. You know, is a Michael Penix Jr. a Bo Nix? Are they going to take a quarterback at thirteen if they can't move up? Uh, you know, is Aiden O'Connell going to be a guy that they have any confidence in moving forward? So those are some of the things we're trying to work through there. So there it is, right there. That was uh, just a couple minutes of the conversation. It probably went about eight minutes long on Saturday morning, but that was really the meat and potatoes of it. That's what really uh, meant anything right now because we've been talking about the quarterback position and, you know, he's talking about the first three teams that are up there, Chicago and Washington and the Patriots all needing quarterbacks. So most likely he doesn't see them trading out, but obviously if they were to trade out, it would take a King's ransom. I'm thinking at least three, three ones, uh, a couple twos, right? Basically look at the Trey Lance trade, whatever the Niners did just a couple seasons ago to move up from 12 to three and then put a little sugar on that. And that's what it's going to take for the Raiders to even move up from 13 to three, as far as I'm concerned. But you hear and see the suggestions that he gives a Michael Penix, a JJ McCarthy, right? A Bo Nix, guys like that, that could be available around that 13 range. But, uh, you know, that's just one baby step right there. I'm working on doing a whole show. And you heard Dari say like, Hey man, you trying to take my job? No, no, no. I just want to do a show and do a segment with one Mel Kuyper Jr. And again, there's no disrespect. It's just me having fun when I say his name. Again, I know somebody's going to get offended, but I guess it is what it is. If Mel doesn't get offended, then I guess it really doesn't matter <laughs> if anyone else does get offended. Finally, here in segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, I want you to hear from Amy Trask. It's funny. We're going to kind of do this in backwards order. Uh, Amy Trask on Sunday, right before the game, after they aired the Al Davis tribute, they went back to JB and her that were sitting at the desk, and you heard her raw emotions. She talked about herself being the princess of darkness and the fact that she was in tears. I couldn't find and locate this audio for the longest. Finally, uh, was sent it to, uh, to me by... Uh, a great member of Raider Nation that was like, oh, Q, I know you're looking for this. Here it is right here. So I want to go ahead and pass this along. Like I said, we're kind of doing this in reverse order. We're going to hear from Amy Trask. Then coming up in segment number two, you're going to actually hear from Tony Wolf, the man that played Al Davis in that tribute on Sunday. So here's Amy Trask and JB on the CBS set following the tribute to Al Davis. That objective just win, baby, was crystal clear, but he didn't want yes people around him. Well, first of all, you are seeing... That objective just win, baby, was crystal clear, but he didn't want yes people around him. Well, first of all, you are seeing the princess of darkness in tears from that magnificent, magnificent Pete Radovich piece. I'm crying. Um, No, that is the biggest misconception about Al, is that he wouldn't tolerate disagreement or he wouldn't tolerate those who disagreed with him. If that were the case, JB, I would have lost my job, been fired two weeks after I was hired. As that piece made clear, Al Davis did decades ago what others are still discussing today. He hired without regard to race, gender, or any individuality, which has absolutely no bearing whatsoever on whether one can do a job. He did things his way, and since we're in Las Vegas, JB, I'm going to share with you something else he did. He sang. When he and I would have a disagreement, and we disagreed a lot, as I was walking out of his office, he sang, I did it my way, the Frank Sinatra lyrics, and I'd be walking out angry, and he would sing, I did it my way, and he would smile, and I would laugh. He did do it his way, JB, and that's why I have the career I do. 
You know what? I learned a lot about you, Amy. Thank you so very much. That which he advocated years ago happening all these years later. So that was some really good raw, um, you know, response from Amy Trask right there. She was in tears. She talked about Al Davis singing my way and just thought that that was really cool and thought that that was a really good thing to bring to the table and love all the feedback that we received on the Al Davis tribute and the fact that I've been able to talk to many different people behind the scenes, including the writer. Uh, he was on Wednesday's show and now you heard, you're going to hear from Al Davis, not Al Davis himself, obviously, but Tony Wolf, the man who played Al Davis in the tribute. Uh, and it was a really good conversation we had on Wednesday's show on Raider Nation Radio 920. So you hear that coming up next here in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about one of the great sponsors here on the Locked On Raiders podcast, which is BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let them out, especially to someone who's unbiased about your life and on your life. And that's where BetterHelp could really come in. And again, this could be about something that's small, uh, maybe small to you, but still is bothering you and it's weighing heavy on you. Or it could be something that you feel like is life-changing and is very big. It's not for me to judge how important it is to you. It's for you to judge how important it is to you. And then you can go and you can talk with someone from BetterHelp. And they, again, with the unbiased stance, can give you their honest-to-God uh, you know, feedback on it and ho- hopefully and potentially help you out with whatever kind of situation it could be. And I think that all of us have been in that position or in that position right now where sometimes we just need to get things off their off your chest. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. You'll get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. Again, Better, B-E-T-T-E-R, Help, H-E-L-P.com. All one word, BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Very excited to bring you this next conversation that I had on my radio show on Wednesday, and that's with Tony Wolf. He's the actor that played Al Davis in the tribute to Al on CBS Sports on Sunday that played before Super Bowl 58. And man, what a big responsibility, right? Having to play Al Davis. That's nothing to shake a stick at. So uh, I was so excited when I was able to get in contact with him, been able to hook up the time that we can uh, interview him. And it was great because he was on the East Coast and he was like, yeah, I can do it, but it's Valentine's Day and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make the wife angry. And I was like, look, as early as possible, you, wh- whatever time. So we were able to work it out where he was on at 2.30 Pacific time on Wednesday. And uh, it was really good conversation and really could have gone a lot longer. And uh, he even was <laughs> said uh, later on he was like man uh, I got plenty more if you want to have me back on so we'll definitely keep in touch with Tony Wolf but here's that conversation from Wednesday the actor that played Al Davis in the tribute on CBS Sports great conversation heard on my radio station Raider Nation Radio 920 check it out Tony Wolf, the actor that played Al Davis in the CBS Sports Al Davis tribute that played before Super Bowl 58. He joins us now on the phone lines. And, Tony, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you off top. Well done. You guys did a great job on that tribute. Got Raider Nation fired up. Got me fired up. You had the honor of playing the late, great Al Davis. What did that mean to you when they chose you to be that guy? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm I'm thrilled and honored and uh this was intense, man. This was uh, during the audition process. There was a first level audition where I found out about the opportunity and I found out that they'd be doing uh, a short film, almost like a mini biofilm, right? It was, they, they call it a featurette in show business, uh, a okay. short feature film. 
And then there was a second round of callbacks, and I had to prepare a couple monologues. And I, once I found out about this, I, I learned so much more than I ever than I ever knew about about this incredible man. I probably worked on uh, between six and twelve hours of footage, watching twelve hours of footage for the first level auditions. Then once I got a callback. The total of hours of footage that I watched for Al Davis started to go up to around 16, 17 hours. Um, I read probably 12 articles by sports writers about him over the decades. And then I listened to podcasts, uh, probably about six podcasts and YouTube clips of those who had worked with him. People like Carl Weathers, who sadly passed away uh, tragically two or three weeks after I was listening to his anecdotes about mm. about working with al davis um i i was very aware of the gravity of this responsibility and how much al davis means to millions of fans and even those fans that are not literally and directly raiders fans you know one of my cousins who is probably 32 years old he said to me tony al davis is on the mount rushmore of football innovators. And I got to tell you, as an actor, it almost felt like I was playing Superman or Batman. (laughs) (laughs) This is, this is a massive responsibility. And as actors, uh, I like to say it's a customer service job, meaning you're there to do the absolute best for the client. And in this case, the client is the producer and the director and the writer. And you interviewed Billy just yesterday, right? The writer. Yep. Yeah, he was he was um, great. Oh, he's terrific. And it turns out, as he mentioned, uh, we found out on day two of the four-day shoot that we went to the same high school and we're from the same hometown in Long Island, New York. So That's that awesome. Wild. Yeah, that, uh, that, that really is. That's cool. <laughs> Love it. But Love this, it. This is not only my responsibility to the director and the creative team, but it's my responsibility to the fans, mm-hmm. you know? So I said to myself, now it's time to pretend you're Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> and uh, what if Daniel Day-Lewis played Al Davis? How would that look? And I, my job is to get as close to that as possible. And I said to myself, there are going to be fans out there who may never hear the name Tony Wolf. But the goal is for those fans to watch this and go, whoever that guy was, he did all right. He did right by Al. As you did. You did a great job. As a matter of fact, we had a, I had a couple buddies of mine hit me up and say, hey, find out who the actor was that played Al Davis. And that's when we talked to Billy yesterday and found out that it was you again. Tony Wolf, uh, the actor that played Al Davis, is with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. What have you thought about the overwhelming just the, the, the response, especially from Raider Nation, after seeing that, uh, that piece on Sunday? Oh, my. Uh when you do a job like this, prior to this, I had done, you know, TV and film, but usually uh, smaller parts in TV, and I've had big parts in independent films, uh, but you know the world of indie films. Uh, it's not like, you know, it's not like you're in Star Wars, you know, you're not in, uh, you're not in it's, it's not a Marvel movie, you know, uh, indie films, they don't get seen sometimes by a lot of people, so to have the, the feeling that this would be seen by millions of people on Super Bowl Sunday shortly before kickoff. Uh, first of all, tremendous gratitude 
tremendous gratitude and thankfulness. Because as an actor, you don't always get the big job, right? I, you know, sometimes it's like a salesman making cold calls, my friend. You you go on seventy auditions, and maybe you get five, maybe mm-hmm. you get two. So this was something I was so excited for, and it's sometimes a little challenging to wrap your brain around millions of people will see this. Um, I was thrilled and relieved that the feedback was positive. Uh, you know, there's always going to be people on YouTube who say, this guy sucks, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, that's okay, because when you put yourself out there, right, as a journalist, as an actor, as anything, mm-hmm. you're always going to get some flack, and that's okay. People have a right. People have a right to their opinion. Uh, my goal is I've got to please myself, and I've got to please who I know and believe to be the Raider Nation and the fans. And there's thankfully been way a lot more positive uh, feedback than, than the haters or, or people complaining. Also, I had two and a half weeks to prepare this. So if we do a movie, if this goes to series, and if I have the honor of being chosen to, to, to do this role again, I can make my impression and the voice I know I can hone it even better. You know what I mean? You, as an actor, you never sit on, you never rest on your laurels. You know, right. you're always looking just like Al to refine and hone it and and get ever closer to that greatness that he was always so focused on. That is awesome. That it really is. Tony Wolf, the actor that played Al Davis on the on the little what six minute. Uh, well, I guess what was it called again? What, what are we calling these? Well, it's funny. You could call it a short film. Okay. Uh, some people called it a featurette. Some okay. people just said it was a miniature bio bio movie. You know, whatever. We, it's so funny though because as an actor, it's like you could say I did a Super Bowl commercial. Right. In a way, however, this is way better than a commercial because a commercial a commercial is thirty or sixty seconds. You know, this <laughs> is six minutes of life. Yeah. yeah. It was, and I'll call it a short film because I, I I loved every minute of it. And yeah. Tony, you caught my attention when you said if. That's something that a lot of Raider Nation has hit me up and said, hey, man, find out if they're going to do, you know, a series of this, if they're going to make it longer form. And when you say if, to me, it makes me feel like there could be a chance that there could be something that grows from this. I think there could be. There's obviously, uh, you know and I know, there are so many more pieces and decades and years and anecdotes and wild, crazy, wonderful anecdotes to the life of Al Davis you could easily make a two-hour feature film. You could easily make a ten-part miniseries, right, on Netflix mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Um, there's so much. By the way, this wasn't even in a film, but I watched several times the projector and the the firing of uh, is it Lane, Lane Kiffin? Kiffin. I don't remember the name. Lane, Lane Kiffin. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that that is a fascinating. Uh, that's a fascinating press conference. Yes, yes, it and, was. That was one of the famous, famous press conferences of Al Davis and the and the overhead projector. Man, I'll never forget that one. Well, Tony, let me ask you this, and I know we we only got a couple more minutes with you, but I wanted to ask you: sure. when you get Amy Trask, who was there, she was you know boots on the ground with Al. She was the first uh, female CEO in the NFL. Obviously, she was the Raiders CEO. When you get her to respond by watching this with tears, what goes through your mind? Well, first of all, incredible thankfulness. Second of all, I was choked up crying on my couch, too, watching it with my wife, Jen, because for me, this is a dream come true. 
right? It's like it's like it's like some kids dream of playing in the Yankees. Actors dream of this kind of meaty, exciting role, and to see Amy Trask so moved by it, uh, I, it was crying all over again. You know, I was already crying with like the chills, like like the movie Rudy. By the way, you know yeah. the movie Rudy. Yeah. I was thinking of the movie Rudy a lot during this because I think it's the same indomitable spirit. And for Amy Trask to feel that, that we did right by, by her guy and her, her mentor and her coworker and boss, it means, means more to me than anything. And she and I have actually talked a little bit since. Nice. She was consulted on the script, by the way. You probably were told yep. that by Billy, I think. Yep, yep. Um, and... I know we don't have a lot of time left. I just wanted to add one thing. When I sometimes I start to talk like Gal, like I just want to add one thing, you know. Like, um, <laughs> That's okay. We're I, good with that. Go ahead, Tony. Go ahead. <laughs> I got some little. Uh, the enshrinement is a reflection of a life's work, the reflection of a love affair with the greatest game the world has ever known. The Raiders legend. And Mystique, the greatness of the Raiders, is a testament to all the capable people who have poured their talent, their enthusiasm, and their loyalty into the finest organization in professional sports. Oh, my. (laughs) That's all I got to say, Tony, is oh, my. You almost got me shaking listening. That is fantastic. Wow. Well, you know, as I worked on this, I thought of another name. Al Davis is a lot like Steve Jobs. Okay. He's an, he's an innovator. He had a force. He was a will of steel, this man. He was going to push the world to innovations, whether they were ready for it or not. He was going to bring you the future. You know what I mean? Great stuff. Great stuff right there from Tony. And how do you love that at the end there, where he gave the actual voice that he used to be Al Davis. I mean, while I'm listening to that, you know, I'm just, uh, it almost gave me chills while I was listening to it because he sounded so real. He did such a great job and totally understand why Amy Trask was in tears. Totally understand why others, including Tony, while he was watching it back, he was in tears. And then when he heard Amy's response, he was in even more tears. Like everybody got very emotional about it. I talked to Evan Washburn from CBS Sports. All he does, and I say all he does, but I say it's all due respect, he's a sideline reporter for CBS. He does a great job. He covered the 49ers all week long. I asked him about it and he was like, Q, I got emotional watching it because it was so well done. So I mean, it just brought out so many emotions and so many different people seeing that piece. I cannot uh, stop to brag on CBS Sports on the job that they did putting that together. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation with Tony Wolf, the man that played Al Davis in the tribute on Sunday before Super Bowl 58. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts draft that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. Before we get to that though, I do want to tell you about the title sponsor of today's show, which is Game time. You shouldn't have to worry about buying tickets to your next big event, right? Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all sporting events, uh, concerts, comedy, theater events that are near you. And they've got great last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And what do I mean by that? Well, you can actually see the view from your seat before you buy. You know exactly what to expect when you get to your seats. They have all in prices, you know your total upfront. You know you're getting a great deal before you even check out. You can buy your tickets in seconds. It's really, really easy. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find 
all your last-minute seats. Uh, right now, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use promo code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, use the promo code Locked On. It's all one word: L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. The last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts. You have that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with a text today from Mike from the Texas Hill Country. He says, Q, it's Mike from the Texas Hill Country. First, everyone in caps should take your advice and listen to AP on the Pivot podcast. Wow. Being a fly on the wall and listening to him talk to his friends was amazing. I loved him as our coach before, and it reinforced why I felt that way. What a leader. As to moving up for a quarterback... I'm okay with some movement, but I'd rather find one outside of the top five picks. Too many times teams miss at the top. When Mahomes was picked, it was well after Trubisky. I want to get another quarterback to compete with Aiden, but not at all in price. I would take a first-round quarterback, but I hope we don't give up everything, and then it's a bust. That's Mike from Texas Hill Country. Thanks for the text, my man. And, yeah, uh, AP on the Pivot Podcast is much-watched TV. You got to go check that out. Great stuff. Matter of fact, that's something that's worth watching a couple times so you pick up as much knowledge as possible. As far as the quarterback position goes, there's a couple couple different trains of thoughts here. One, if you're sure – if you're 100% sure that that's your guy and he's not going to be a bust, like you mentioned, you go and pull the trigger. And I know that's very hard to be 100% sure. But if you identify that guy and say, there's no doubt about it, he's going to fit in my system and he's going to do it this way, and I know that he's going to be my guy, then you feel free to go do it and it's not a big deal. But if you have any kind of questions, if you feel like, you know what, it's, you know, he has a high ceiling, but he also has a high bust rate, then you can't pull a trigger. If there's any hesitation, you know what they say, you study long, you study wrong. If you feel like you got to study long, then you probably shouldn't do it. And just like Mel said in segment number one, maybe you're looking at a Bo Nix. Maybe you're looking at a J.J. McCarthy. Maybe you're looking at a Michael Penix if they happen to fall to you and, and Tom Telesco just lets the board fall. I totally get it. I'm glad I'm not in that, that, that the position where I have to make that call. Me, I think that I... Would feel comfortable with making the move, but again, I'd make the move after I did all my research, all my homework, and felt like there's no doubt about it, that's my guy, and I go, got to go get him. The other thing about that is, Mike, if the Raiders trade up into the top three, who says that they're going to go get Jaden Daniels? Because that's all the that's all what everyone believes that that's who they want because of the relationship with AP. Uh, he has a hell of an arm. Obviously, he's very good with his legs as well. He can do a lot of great things, but who says that? Jaden Daniels doesn't go number two. Who says he doesn't go number one? Like, I don't think he'll go number one. I'm sure Caleb Williams will be that guy. But what if, you know, what if a team gets froggy and decide, you know what, we want this guy to be number one. Or we want this guy to be number two and he's not there at number three. Maybe it doesn't go Caleb Williams, Drake May, then Jaden. Maybe it goes Caleb, then Jaden, then Drake. So if the Raiders trade up to number three, do you not get your guy because he goes number two? Are you in love with more than just one guy? If it's only one guy, then you got to trade up to number one so you can get that guy. If you're only in love with one guy, then you're you're in a bad position. You can't trade to number three and hope. Maybe you have to wait till draft day, right? Then and see how the board falls. And if it starts to fall, and then all of a sudden your guy's there at number three, then maybe you pick up the phone and call the Patriots. And say, hey, look, we want this guy. We want him bad, and this is what we're willing to do. That might be what the Raiders have to do if that's what they're trying to do is get their guy, and they're not willing to go all the way up to number one, which would obviously cost an arm and a leg. But thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. It's always great to hear from you. Up next, we got a call from Paul the Barber. He's calling to talk about the Antonio Pierce appearance on the Pivot Podcast with Ryan Clark, Channing Crowder, and Fred Taylor. Here he is, Paul the Barber. What's up, Q? Uh, 
Uh, this is Paul the Barber calling in. And, um, man, I just, just listened to that. I just watched the Pivot podcast with Antonio Pierce. And, man, oh, man. <laughs> Where do I sign up, man? Do they got walk-on tryouts, man? Do they have, uh, you know what I mean, open tryouts for random dudes like the like the movie Invincible, like Vince Powell? Like, I'm trying to go try out for this team, man. <laughs> I'm trying to be part of what AP have going on, dude. This it's crazy, man. Like I was, I already believed in him, you know what what he did his last, you know, nine games of the season and so on, and the letter he wrote. But like, just watching this, man, I, I encourage every. Raider fan, Raider Nation, go watch that podcast, go watch that episode, and I'm telling you, man, this dude already has me, like, fired up. I'm ready for the season to start tomorrow, you know, and just how he talks about accountability, about talking to grown men, about talking to people, man, respecting one another, how you walk into the building, into the building, just feeling each other's energy, man, feeling your energy, like, just it's the little details, man. How attentive he is to details, man. How you approach the game, how you approach, uh, how you present game plans to players. You know, all that stuff just matters to him. You know, and um, you know he doesn't take nothing for granted. He checks his ego. Like I'm so bought in, man. And I'm re- like I said, I'm ready to play, man. <laughs> I'm ready to play for this dude. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. But all in all, Q, like that was just awesome, man. Like I- I'm I'm really fired up for what Antonio has in store for us. Um, I've seen a couple other podcasts, uh, I forgot which, what the exactly what it's called, but they had Amik Robertson on there, Isaiah Palomao, and I believe Brandon Parker were, uh, were on this podcast, and they were saying, like, man, how, you know, I believe all of them, all of them are free agents, and they just want to come back. They want to be part of, uh, the Raiders again, this, uh, in the 2024 season. So, you know, you just saw dudes, you just saw dudes rise up, you know, Malcolm Coon, Jack Jones, Amik Robertson, uh, they had Paula Mao, man, like, this dude just, just arrived, you know, in the second half of the season when Pierce took over, and I believe that's what he could do moving forward, man, with almost everybody. But uh, just overall, man, it was a great episode. I love how he just talked about his mom and the tough love that she gave him, and, you know, he's taking that, you know, he's taking that into what, uh, into this new chapter in his life as a head coach. So I'm just praying for the best, man. I hope um, – Pierce delivers, man, and I, I really believe we made the right move, man. And I just love how he just wants to be the greatest, man. He wants to be the best head coach, greater head coach of all time. And, like, why not greatness? Why not be a Hall of Fame guy? Why not be a Hall of Fame coach and a player? You know what I mean? He wants he wants to go for it all. So, all in all, Q, that was good. Go Raiders, baby. Yeah, man, he's that dude, right? He's going to get folks fired up. And it's funny, the feeling that you have when you watch the show or you hear AP talk is the same feeling that you saw in the locker room once AP took over on November 1st. Like, you could get that same sense. You could tell the guys in the locker room, everybody I talked to in the locker room, they had that same fired-up feeling that you have right now. So, yeah, I, it's it's infectious. He's got that kind of personality. He's just that kind of dude. And I've even asked him, how do you get that kind of feeling? How do you get everybody fired up? And he says, hey, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a knack. I just happen to have that kind of knack. And he's not wrong. He's just, again, he's that type of guy. Paul, thanks for the call. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Raider Gabriel. He says, this is Raider Gabriel from New Mexico. I just watched your video from six days ago when you had Hugh Jackson on. Do you think they'll bring him back as anything on offense? Go Raiders. That's Raider Gabriel from New Mexico. And thanks for the text. And yeah, there's no doubt I feel like they're going to bring him back. Matter of fact, I feel like that they're really close to announcing that they brought him back. I'm just not too sure exactly 
what they're bringing him back for. There was a little bit of rumbling on Radio Row last week that uh, he was going to be announced as some kind of position coach or some kind of uh, you know addition to the staff. That week, it obviously didn't happen. But I do think that something's going to happen sooner rather than later. Maybe a senior advisor. Um, I don't know. He's not the offensive coordinator, obviously, as Luke Getze. So I'm not too sure what position they'll bring him back for. But, yeah, I definitely think Hugh Jackson is part of the mix. So, Raider Gabriel, thanks for that text. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Raider 541. He's calling to talk about the quarterback position as it pertains to the Raiders and what else he believes the Raiders need to do in the draft. It's an interesting take from Raider 541. Hey, Q. Raider 541 here, just calling in. Uh, first off, want to say love the show as always. Been listening to you for years now and can't get enough of the info. Um, just want to give out my ideas real quick on what I think the Raiders should do. And honestly, I think it's crazy when I listen in on some of these calls and I listen in on other Raider fans that think that we don't need a quarterback, that we could just ride with O'Connell. And to me, that's crazy after watching the gameplay this year. And the fact that I don't believe AP is going to put his career on the line with O'Connell as their starting quarterback, or he's not going to be there long. So I 100% think the Raiders should go in, give as much as it costs to get that quarterback of the future. I want to see a great franchise quarterback, one that can move, and somebody that can compete in our division year in and year out. Um, I think that once they trade up those first rounds to get up to the number one, I think that the Raiders should go and trade Devontae Adams to the Jets. They've been interested in him offseason and interested in him still. Get their number 10 spot for Devontae and go back in, pick another defensive tackle, maybe a wide receiver to pair with the new quarterback, and just get ourselves on the road to winning some games and making the playoffs. That's what I want to see, the Raiders in the playoffs winning playoff games, and not losing every year because our quarterback doesn't want to be mobile or isn't mobile, I mean. So hope they go get him. Hope we got our franchise guy coming up. Thanks for the show. Thanks for all you do. Go Raiders. Thank you so much for the call, my man. I agree with you that you need to go get a quarterback. I selfishly don't want to trade Devontae at all. I do not believe that the Raiders want to either, right? I mean, there's already been conversations about the Jets trying to get them, and the Raiders are saying that they have no interest. Now, to get where they want to be, if they want to get them into the top three, as I mentioned earlier, they might have to consider it, and they might actually have to pull the trigger and do it, and that will be unfortunate. Um, He would be a huge difference maker along with Jacoby and a quarterback that I believe could help take the team to the next level, but... Sometimes the price of doing business is really a tough price, and I'm not too sure if the Raiders are going to be willing to do that. Again, selfishly, I wouldn't want to do it, but I understand if they end up feeling like they have to do that to go get the quarterback of the future that's going to be rocking with them for the next 10 to 12 years where you know Devontae is only going to be with you for the next, what, two to three, maybe max at the, at the most, right? You know, Max Crosby's your guy. He's untouchable. But Devontae's, you know, I think you're looking at two years, three years tops with Devontae left. So sometimes you got to weigh the good and the bad and decide exactly what you want to do. And maybe Tom Telesco and company have to do that. Again, I don't want that, but I'm not saying that it's not going to happen. Thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Chris in the 909. It's a quick one. He says, thank you, Chris from the 909. What are you hearing about Brandon Ayuk? Very unhappy with San Francisco about the big game. I'm hearing that he wants to come to Vegas. What do you think about that? That's Chris in the 909. I think a couple things. One, He's got one year left on his contract, and he wants an extension, and San Francisco is not giving it to him just yet. So, of course, everyone wants out, right? When they're not getting their contract extension, everyone wants out. Two, he didn't get targeted as much as he should have in Super Bowl 58, especially in a game where the Chiefs played a lot of man-to-man coverage, and he's 
his his catches are always big time. I mean, he was averaging 17, 18 yards a catch, right? And they really didn't target him like they should have. So I know that he's upset. I saw the social media post that he put out there. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I know he did say something about Vegas. Maybe if the Raiders were to have to trade Devontae Adams, maybe they look at Brandon Ayuk as a guy that could be that dude, right? Obviously, he's got ties to uh, Jaden Daniels. So maybe if he ends up, you know, with the Raiders, Jaden Daniels it is. Maybe Brandon Ayuk does too. I, there's ties, so I can understand why Brandon Ayuk kind of put it out there off to Vegas, but I don't know if the Raiders are going to be willing to make that move. And again, he's still got one year left on his deal. So how do you get him? Well, that's going to be a really good question. But thanks for the text. I do appreciate you. And yeah, we're definitely paying attention to it. That's for sure. Uh, just got to come time for a couple more. This one's from Colin in Vegas. He's calling to talk about the Pivot Podcast with AP on it and what he means to the organization. And then also brings up the A word, accountability. Here he is, Colin in Vegas. Hey, what's up, Q? This is Colin here in Vegas, man. Wanted to uh, talk a little about the, uh, the AP on the Pivot Podcast, man. And first off, if anybody hasn't seen it, man, which I, I doubt it, I'm pretty sure much if the whole Raider Nation has seen it, man. It is awesome and if you haven't, go go listen to it, man. But, you know, the first little thing about it first off is, like, you know, when he talked about his mom, man, passing away, like, i am been fortunate to still have my parents, but I have some friends that have lost their parents. And, man, that just his story about his mom and being the only child, man, it, it got me to tears, man. It really did. And then him talking about growing up, you know, with the neighborhoods and being, you know, the, the, the rivalry with the gangs and then, you know, the silver and black bringing everyone back together again, you know, I just, I feel it, man. You know, I am from Southern California. I'm not from the LA area, but from the Orange County area. So it's not, it wasn't as crazy as that, but I still remember the LA Raider games. And, you know, I think all of us here, man, that listen to your podcast, we, uh, we feel that, that Raider love, that energy, man. And, you know, the Raiders mean a lot to me. And I know to the fellow listeners that listen to this podcast, you know, we feel that what, what AP talks about, what, what, what it means to be a Raider and, you know, Raider Nation and stuff, but most importantly, man, real quick, want to talk about his accountability, man, for not for only for the players, but for his staff. And when he said, if you're not, if you're not here, you got the U-Haul ready, you got the trip to the Bahamas, then go get your check. That's what I love about him, man. It feels like me growing up going to the uh, Oakland Coliseum, I would see the return to glory, the commitment to excellence. And I have never seen one coach since then you know, emphasize that. And I feel that AP is bringing that commitment to excellence back to the Raiders, man. You need to go down to the marketing team, QQ, and they need to put them, them freaking banners, you know, in the black hole, front of the wind club or wherever they can. Commitment to excellence, return to glory, pride and poise, because AP is preaching all of it, man. He is preaching all of it. And, He's going to demand it from not only himself, but his players and his staff. And it's great to hear, man, because it's been a long time coming since we've had someone talking like that, man. So go go, go to the marketing team, man. Make the T-shirts. Get them banners ready, please. All right, Q. Have a good night, man. Raiders. Thank you for the call, my man. And, yeah, AP is absolutely about accountability. Right. And one of the things that he said to us at the end of the season, I don't remember who asked him the question at the media session, but they said, well, what are the Raiders playing for? Right. You're not in the playoff hunt. It's week 18. You're playing against the Denver team who's not very good. They're not in the playoffs. What are you guys playing for? And he said, it's football. It's our job. It's what we love to do. We've got a game We're 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 told and we're supposed to go out there and play every one of these games with our hair on fire like we want to play. 
So he said he challenged all the players in the locker room and said, hey, anyone who has plans for vacation already, anyone who doesn't want to be here for this Week 18 game, anyone who thinks this game doesn't matter, you can go ahead and leave. You're dismissed. Feel free to get up, pack your stuff, and go ahead and leave. And he, I mean, he just said it straight up like that. And he said, you know what happened? Nobody got up. That's the kind of accountability that you need to have. That's the kind of leadership you need to have. You know, I, I have no doubt that there's teams across the league when they get into that last game of the season or maybe in the last couple of games of the season and they're out of it, they know that they have no playoff hopes. They're just kind of going through the motions trying to, what, 3-2-1 Cancun it, right? AP wasn't allowing that to happen. That's, that's that accountability that you're talking about, and that is what, you know, is refreshing to see. The Raiders need that. And I really do believe this is the first time in a long time that I'm 100% confident in the direction that the team's going with that guy as the head coach. Thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate you. I'll take one more text. It's a pretty lengthy one, but we'll go ahead and get it anyway. It's from the Raven in SoCal. It says, greetings, Q. It's the Raven from SoCal. All those signs point toward the Raiders targeting Jaden Daniels, who's indeed an intriguing candidate based on his skill set and his ties to AP. I viewed a video breakdown on Daniels and J.J. McCarthy that gave me cause for a pause. Although Daniels is by far the better athlete and creates problems for a defense and open field, I saw three things on tape that I believe could be a detriment to his transition from college to pro. Daniels does not seem to go through his progressions and tends to lock in on his number one guy, Malik Neighbors, who was phenomenal. Daniels tends to not keep his eyes downfield when evading the rush, which may result in positive yards on the ground, but missing receivers who become open. Daniels did not slide or protect himself, and with his slight build led to his having to miss snaps after taking hits. That'll get worse in the NFL if he doesn't learn to slide. As for J.J. McCarthy, he's not the athlete Daniels is. However, he can evade the rush, can pick up yards with his legs, and keep his eyes down the field while scrambling. If there is one thing that McCarthy needs to work on, he needs to, to develop a slide to protect himself. Your thoughts, the Raven. Thanks for the text. I do appreciate you. And yeah, none of these guys are perfect. None of these guys are a product that's just like, hey, there's no problems that they have, right? There's things that Jaden Daniels has to work on. He's got to keep his eyes up, uh, from the, uh, up the field, right? He's got to be able to look up. He's got to be able to slide and protect himself. Devontae Adams pointed that out. He's like, hey, man, he's, he's taking hits that are way too hard. He can't do that in the league. He'll get knocked out the league. He's got to learn to protect himself, right? And, uh, you know, I do think that he is going to be fine. Like, I do think he's going to be a hell of a quarterback. I think that he could be taught and developed, continue to be developed in the league. I just think that he has enough rare talent and, and raw talent to be molded and be shaped into the guy that they need him to be, especially with a coach that he's very familiar with. I think that that can help. And for McCarthy, I think there's great things with him too. Like I'm not poo-pooing on him. I think he could be a really good quarterback. That's why I'm saying there's multiple quarterbacks that I feel like the Raiders can go get that are all probably an upgrade over what they have right now. Again, not a shot at Aiden O'Connell, but the fact that they're willing and able to use their legs is a plus. J.J. McCarthy's proven to be a winner in college. Michael Penix has a strong arm, right? Pinpoint accuracy. He's got it, right? He doesn't obviously move around with his legs as much. Uh, you know, he can, but he really doesn't. So, I mean, there's that. But, you know, Bo Nix, same thing. You know, he's he improved in a major way the last two years at Oregon. Uh, Jaden Daniels, you already know how I feel about him. I mean, the list goes on. There's plenty of guys that could be really good guys, but it's all about what the Raiders see and what the Raiders want to be their franchise guy moving forward. Is that a veteran? Is that Aiden O'Connell? Or is that a guy that they draft coming up in April? Well, only time will tell. Thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And that's all I got time for on today's show. Went a little bit over, as a matter of fact. I apologize for that. But we'll be back tomorrow. We'll close out the week really strong. We'll have more news and notes. We'll have more calls and texts. And uh, plenty of feedback and plenty of great conversation here as it pertains to the silver and black. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.